Hi, it's Will. Welcome back to Onward and Other Directions. It's only been uh, 180 days or so, which I know because I just listened to the last recording I made where I was talking about how much anxiety I had. Yes. Yes, I know you want to play. Uh, unfortunately, the way the season ended up was that I um, did end up withdrawing from my Diderod for 2022. That's okay. I don't really like even numbers. Um, we're aiming for 2021, or <laughs> we already did 2021, which if you've been following along, you know, because I've been sharing with you some recordings I made of, of the trail in our first Diderod in 2021. We're aiming to get back on the trail again in 2023 now. Um, I'm grappling with some health stuff. That's fun. But... Um, it does seem like it was the best decision to to withdraw this year. I'm out with the dogs right now. I'm scooping poop. Number one mushing activity. And we got our youngest teammates uh, yammering because they want to be playing. It's not their play time. It's not their play day. Their sisters are getting to play. That's Elmer. I think, uh, I think last time I talked to you, May, we did have those puppies, but... Um, but the uh, the recording before that, we didn't. So it's definitely been some gaps between these recordings, which I I have to I apologize for. But also, uh, sorry, not sorry. I think it was uh, I needed that time to kind of just percolate on some things. And um, I'm definitely still dealing with the anxiety issues I was having. Um, I've actually only been on a sled this year one time, uh, taking those noisy munchkins out actually um the newest puppies oh a nice one and uh that's it one mile i've been on the sled for one mile and i have to say when i did get out there my body remembered and i uh i was like oh yeah i'm uh i know what i'm doing with this i'm good at this and um so that was okay but i'm just giving myself some space and time and if I'm not on a sled this year, I think I'm going to be just yammering to be back on it next year. Iditarod's going to start in just a couple days here, and it's kind of weird to not be getting ready for it, and it's also a big relief. Um, we've had a lot of stuff going on, aside from my own health things. There's just been it's been a wild year, and, you know, sometimes things come up, and that's just life. Um, not running Iditarod means that I've had a better chance to help manage it and deal with it. So that's all good. But I finally decided it was probably time to give the next update. And um, especially with Iditarod in mind, I thought people might want to kind of hear some of what's on the trail. So the last recording you heard from the trail was me, um, I believe, on the way to Nikolai, the checkpoint of Nikolai. And... Um, I was falling asleep, and uh, that was <clears throat> that was a kind of a tough run because I was falling asleep, and I think that's where I did start to have a little bit of a downswing, but in the last episode when I talked about having such a low after listening to the episodes, I, I think I was in a, <clears throat> a little bit a specific place and was listening to my own recordings through a specific lens of that anxiety coming back, and re-listening now with some space and not 
feeling pressure to run. I did a ride this year. I, uh, I kind of have new ears listening back and this next recording is the longest recording I made on the trail. So I'm actually going to split it into two episodes here. Um, it's some funny stuff, some good stuff. There's definitely more of me falling asleep. I think as we continue down the trail, there's a lot more of me falling asleep and, um, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear. Uh, the recording that you're going to hear is after my 24 hour layover. And I did a ride. Every team is required to take a 24 hour layover. It gives everybody the chance to make sure their dogs are feeling the best and do a little recuperating themselves. And, um, it's just a really good break in the middle there. Uh, it's amazing to see the dogs after that 24. Um, my dogs were really doing awesome, but given that little extra nap time, they, we're totally jazzed. Um, so you'll hear me talk about my 24 now. I took my 24 in McGrath, which means that there's a run in between the two recordings that I didn't, didn't make a recording on. And I'll talk about that a little bit too. But so I was on the way to Nikolai on the last recording. I stayed in Nikolai, did another run, and I stayed in McGrath for a 24. So this recording is actually two days after the last recording. And, um, Part of that two days is the 24-hour layover. And I'm on the way to Iditarod. Um, in between McGrath and Iditarod is a checkpoint called Ofer. It was not in my plan to stay in Ofer, but during this recording, you'll hear it gets colder and colder. This became the coldest part of the race. And at some point, perhaps in the recording itself, I did get some pretty good frostbite on this race. Um, as did quite a few other people. Um, and it would end up kind of coming back to haunt me just a little bit as I continued on. Um, so yeah, we will pick up here. Um, at this point, you probably know that Onward and Other Directions is a podcast about me, Will, a trans guy, and my 14 best friends who are traveling down the Iditarod Trail. I made recordings along the way. And this podcast is a way I can share them with you. So welcome back to I Did Ride 2021. And uh, let's hit the trail. Onwards. Oh, howdy. I don't know how this is going to sound. I'm wearing, it's it's cold. Uh, something below zero. Okay, got down to 24 25 below zero on one of the rivers. Uh, last time I checked, it was only 13 below, which I think is probably closer to what we're at right now. But anyway, it's cold enough that I'm wearing my face mask, so I, I have no clue if this is going to sound reasonable or or not. But anyway, I'm recording. Uh, so we're on the way to camp um between Ofer and Iditarod and we just got off of our 24 hour um layover in uh in McGrath and I didn't record on the way to McGrath from Nikolai just kind of another day of it was just beautiful out and I was really fine like in a good good rhythm and stuff so 
just opted not to record, but, um, but, yeah, it was a good run, and we, uh, got there. I did fall asleep a lot on the way. I'm pretty sure the last recording that I did was me talking real nonsense as I was trying to keep myself awake. I'm sort of starting to fall asleep now, so this might become that, too. Maybe the whole rest of this, uh, thing will just be me talking nonsense a lot. But, because, I, I mean, I assume I'm going to get tireder and tireder. But in the 24-hour, uh, layover, I, I did get some sleep. I got about, um... I got, oh, let's, let's see, I got a couple hours of sleep at the beginning, like two hours or something, and then I got s five or six hours of sleep in the middle, so that was really good. Um, turns out 24 hours goes by a lot faster than you think, um, and there was a, um, a ton of people there. I would say, the ma I mean, easily, the majority of people took their 24 there. Um, I mean, it's probably more like 90% of the people took their 24-hour there, so I was even seeing, like, some of the front leaders or whatever, but I left way after them, um, at least 12 hours after them, probably more than that, but, um, yeah, I definitely am kind of struggling, or was kind of struggling when I left, because, so I had one other person behind me, and with my allotted out time, so, you know, your 24-hour layover, you're, you're doing 24 hours plus the differential from when you start. So that had me leaving at, like, 5.20. And, um, but I just didn't have my stuff together in time to leave. And I knew that was going to be the case as I was trying to do all of the things that, that I had to do from about, I don't know, 11 a.m. on. Like, I could just, I knew that that wasn't gonna, there just wasn't enough hours in in the rest of the day. But, um, I just kept chipping away. I mean, I told the officials, like, I'm not gonna be leaving at my out time. Uh, you know, I'll leave, I'm gonna be leaving after. Just so that they weren't all in a rush to try to help me at leave. But, yeah, I think I, I mean, I think I left at least two hours, maybe more like three hours later. Um... Oh, man. Oh, man. I, it must have been even more than that. Uh, I just, I feel so, like, stupid, which I know is not the case, but I just feel so frustrated with myself and my brain. And, like, a big part of what I ended up doing was basically, like, unpacking and re completely repacking my sled. Um, I mean, I, I guess I had unpacked in the course of... Um, like, you know, the 24-hour layover. And I'd actually worked really hard to keep things pretty organized. Like, I had a system, but, um, I had to go through some of my stuff and I had to get ready for this different weather, because I'd been, we'd been mushing in, like, 20 degrees plus, like, 32 degrees some days. So I'd been wearing a very different setup than what I'm wearing now. So I had to get my gear change over to be... Um, I said I had to get my gear changed over to be ready for cold, and then 
I had to kind of pack based on that, and, I mean, you know, a lot of the 24-hour layover, if I wasn't sleeping or feeding dogs, I was doing, like, vet care on dogs, um, you know, because we still have some sorenesses we're dealing with, and um, that just takes time. It's like, I'm really proud to have the 14 dogs, and 14 dogs is, you know, however many more times the, um, what you have to do to to take care of them and to address their, um, you know, their bodies. Um, you know, there's a lot, in a lot of ways I'm like a, um, athletic trainer or physical, like somebody who does physical therapy, kind of, um, or like, I'm the person on the side of the, like, the gymnastics thing, um, oh boy, that's a bad analogy, I guess I just watched that documentary and I don't want to be that guy, but I just, no, nevertheless, I'm still the person who's, like, one of my main functions on the sidelines is to, like, basically give every dog, like, a really thorough massage and stretch and, you know, just, um, make them feel good and nice and loose and ready to rumble. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it just takes a lot of time and, um, I mean, I totally did talk to people, though, and that, I think, made a giant dent in my day, so, um, I'm trying really hard not to, like, hold on to the shame I feel, because, like, so now I'm in last place, and I took, I mean, many extra hours, who knows, I don't even want to know how many extra hours, and, um, yeah, I feel just really, like, frustrated with myself, and, like, I understand that part of this is because my brain doesn't work the same as everybody else, and that, you know, I, I need to, like, figure out systems for myself. So, I've never had to have systems for a 1,000-mile race. I've had systems for a 300-mile race, but uh, a 1,000-mile race has a lot more things to carry, and, um, you know, a lot more sortices to address and stuff. So, it's a different ballgame, and I have never had to have a system for it before, so... I, you know, I'm doing my best, and I, I mean, honestly, I think I'm doing pretty well, and I also totally feel very self, um, like, frustrated, uh, to put it nicely, I guess, um, and just, you know, I can feel this sense of shame, and I, I also can feel the impulse to hang on to it, but... I'm trying to decide to let it go and just keep moving forward and then, you know, look at each checkpoint or stop as an opportunity to try to hit that time marker and not let it be a matter of, like, shame or guilt if I don't. Just like, okay, well, miss that basket, on to the next one. Like, you know, if you, if like, playing basketball, if you stopped and were, like, ashamed of every single shot you missed, you'd never get anywhere because, you know, that's just doesn't doesn't help you move forward so i guess that's a an analogy that i can think of but um yeah i really don't want to get the red lantern and i know that's sort of a pride thing i mean i it's not even sort of a pride thing it's just totally about my pride and you know maybe it's maybe it's a good thing for me to get that if i do and be able to like let go of that pride and and be proud of what is really worthy of being proud of, which is, like, 
um, taking really good care of this dog team and traveling across um, 400 miles of Alaska and back again, like, um, you know, that's worth pride and, like, you know, uh, the kind of pride that I want to hang on to, not, like, ego-based pride, which is what the whole Red Lantern thing is, so, um, yeah, I think that may be something for me to think about, but, but maybe I also don't get the Red Lantern, we'll see, um, you know, however it turns out, I'm gonna be proud of the dogs, and, um, yeah, maybe I'll even allow myself to feel proud of myself for, um, you know, making it, so, um, you know, and one good thing about all of this is that I'm, I'm definitely getting a lot of perspective and, um, a lot of ideas about what to do differently, how to adjust things, and, and also, like, how to make those systems for myself for, um, you know, for next year or for following years so that I can be better organized and have a better camping routine where I can do, you know, dot, 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 and then pull the hook. Um, it's interesting, the front end of my camping routine is pretty good, I think. Um, you know, where you stop, you feed, like, you put down straw, you take out booties, you feed. That part's all good. It's the tail end that I really struggle with. Um, and a big part of that is the vet care that I'm trying to do. Um, Rebel! Hey! Rebel! Drop it! Drop it! Rebel's carrying a booty. What a ding-dong. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I mean, I've got some other ideas. I think that something that might actually really help me is to make even more adjustments to my sled bag and, like, my sled situation, because a big factor for me right now is that I don't have enough storage for, like, really to carry everything that I have. So it's always, like, this kind of ridiculous game of Tetris at the end of each, um, like, camp or checkpoint, because I, some of the stuff that I'm carrying, like, for whatever next run is coming up, like, requires more, um, requires more, like, or different room, or, you know, like, um, different gear to be used, and so things gotta get switched around, or, you know, I end up, like, deciding, uh, okay, I'm not going to keep carrying this, and then, you know, again, things have to get adjusted. And I'm also trying to, like, perfect, like, okay, what's the best packing routine here? Because, you know, ideally things are packed so that when you get either to a checkpoint or, like, you're snacking, whatever you have or are using is, like, right at hand. So, like, for snacking, for instance, you you want your snacks, like within reach, like, within reach when you're on the runners, and then within, like, easy reach when you, like, stop and just, like, open your sled and bam, there's the snack. And that's, that I have set up pretty good and I'm pretty happy about, but, um, you know, there's other things that are not as efficiently set up. So, like, my camping stuff for, like, cooking and stuff. So, I have to basically pull apart the entire packing system in order to get like, my cooker out, and, um, 
my cooler. And it's kind of the same thing too with like my sleeping bag. I have to pull the system apart to get it. And uh, these guys, every time they see a light, they're convinced it's a checkpoint and it's time to go sleep. Uh, but they're still happy to be, they're really excited to be running. And they look really good. I'm happy about, oh, huh, it looks like we might have a snow machine coming. I'm going to stop just to make sure they see us. Looks like they're going slow, so... Oh good, thank god they pulled off. Maybe it's Iditarod people. It's nerve-wracking to... Um, worry about the snow machine traffic because some snow machiners are not um, considerate at all and will go flying by and... Um, that's a really bad thing down at, like, near the start. Um, like on the river and stuff, so... Thank you, folks! Thank you! Yeah, I think that's the Iditarod Insider crew. I wonder where they're going, though. Because... if it is them. Because, uh... I'm the last person, as I was mentioning. Uh, yeah, I forgot what else I was saying, except that the dogs look really good. Um, and, yeah, completely lost my train of thought about whatever I was saying before those snow machines showed up. <sighs> you know, my spouse is not going to be able to listen to this because it's so full of non-sequiturs, but it's just my brain. This is just it, especially being tired. <laughs> One thing I think I discovered, so like, something they say on Iditarod or about Iditarod is that, you know, when people get really tired, you kind of like find out who they are. Like, are they really mean or crabby or, um, you know, rude or, or what? What? How are they? Oh, apparently I am way more ADHD, um, and that was a big factor with the the 24-hour thing, too, is, like, I was really scattered. I had so much to do, and I couldn't, like, figure out an order. Um, and, uh, I mean, it really threw me off. So, like, one of the things I did right before I left was, or, like, as I was preparing to leave, was I wrote down a list of things I needed to do in order to, like, really tiny details, like carry water outside, put water on cooker to just try to get um, some semblance of order into the into the routine and keep me on track um, which kind of worked but um, I think also with that list I kind of had like I, I realized like okay I'm really short on time I have to do all of this stuff so I I also like tried to associate some times with it and I also set alarms on my phone um to try to like keep myself on track so one alarm would say like okay go inside and eat or whatever and um that worked for like the first like half an hour and then after that I was already off 
my time. Like, you know, I just, there just wasn't enough time to do what I needed to do. I needed to do all of this vet work with the dogs. I needed to repack. I wanted to work on my, I needed to change my runner plastic, but I actually just didn't even do that. I brought the, the runner plastic I want to use with me, and I'm going to hopefully do that at this checkpoint. Or actually not checkpoint, at camp, because I'm going to pass over and try to camp. I think that might actually help me. I think having other people around is phenomenally distracting. Um, yeah, I know that when I am trying to, like, work on something or, or figure something out that is kind of, like, complicated like this, um, I need, like, like not not quiet, but just, like, the ability to, like, focus in. Um, actually, it really helps me to have music that I'm listening to, so that's useful, and I've been using that, but, um, yeah, when people come and talk to me, it is like, I just get so derailed, and back in Civilization, when, like, even silly things like being texted, I cannot function, uh, or, like, complete functioning when I, um, like, derailed like that so that can get frustrating when i'm like trying to do things like prepare for the iditarod so i think i may need to start doing things like having times when my phone is just off um yeah i mean thank goodness i don't have my phone to distract me here not my uh you know working phone i don't think i don't think there's service or whatever but who knows um i do not know uh so not a temptation to, like, allow myself to be distracted, but also not a temptation to distract myself with, you know, scrolling through social media or whatever. Um, good job, Ray Ray! Oh, good girl! Well, Ray pooped, just in case you were wondering. I remember what I was saying before the snow machiners popped up. I was talking about my sleeping bag and how, like, I mean, if I want to remove that, then it... Yeah, again, upends everything, but also, so, you know, we don't have the, necessarily the ability to dry things out at checkpoints this year. Um, a couple places have that option. Um, McGrath was one of them. Um, and so that's great. But otherwise, you gotta be prepared that, like, what if your sled goes underwater? So, um, all of my stuff, or a lot of my stuff is in dry bags. But those dry bags, the, um, they're like the compression sack type, but they form little balls. And a bunch of little, like, balls or pill-shaped things don't fit together. Uh, there's a lot of space in between them. So that's, like, not a very useful configuration for packing the sled. So, I mean, it's kind of like if you decided you're going to put everything in compression bags and then pack it in a suitcase. It, like, doesn't actually... It doesn't actually work out very well. It would almost be better if I, like, put all of those compression sacks outside on the sled bag, like, um, like, lash them on or something. And I might do that later, but at least with one or two of them, because I, I just need the space. I take one of those little bat, even a little one, out, and I'm, it's, gives me a lot more space, so... I think something that I might do is, um, see if I can build a compression sack into... Or not compression, but like a stuff sack for the sleeping bag into the sled bag. Uh, I've seen that or heard of that, and I think that that could be really good because then instead of it trying to, instead of a a big, you know, compressed ball, it would 
fill up whatever space I allotted for it, and I could even still make it be a compression situation. It might just compress into the into a useful um, like shape. Like I have these two compartments on my sled, and if I made something between the two compartments, which is where the bag would go, and then that could compress. Um, uh, yeah, I could see how that would work really nice. So um, I also think I might like try to add more compartments and smaller compartments to the sled and and then develop a like a system of where everything goes because that I think would make my checkpoint situation much much better um, you know I'm just still just trying to hone that in and I don't you know, if I was going to design that today, it would probably take me some time to really think about and game out, like, what that would look like. So... That's a good project for the summer. But, um... I might also have to add a seat to the sled, or, like, maybe it doesn't have to be a seat, but a tail dragger, basically a back section. Uh, that would increase my, um my storage in general by like a third or a half like it's it could be a lot of storage it could give me a place to put straw um it could yeah could do a lot of things so um i think i might have to cave and do that but i you know i always wanted to complete my first idea to ride without a seat because i just feel like i haven't earned a seat quote unquote but just functionally i think it's gonna have to happen it's just the way of the world it just makes more sense just logical you know i mean i don't want to like i could put more com like more exterior compartments on the sled but i'm just like piling things onto the front and weight wise it makes the absolute most sense to have all of that stuff on the back so time to futz with that and um yeah i think the sled will become a tail dragger it is d the one that i based it off of was a tail dragger um you know it's designed to be that so um yeah we'll we'll see there's work ahead for that but i think that's probably the smart way to go so um and yeah now we're just going on through the night we saw we saw a shooting star um a little bit ago and it, and the dogs i think saw it cuz they they got really excited and sped up so um yeah, I'm, I guess they must have seen it. There's nothing... I, maybe there was an animal or something, but I like to think it was that. Um, yeah, pretty proud of them. They're doing pretty awesome. Uh, I think they're having fun. I think they're a little, like... Uh, what's a good word? Like... Mm, not, like, overwhelmed. Oh, odd. They're, like... They're, like, full of awe. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> um, but they're also kicking butt. I mean, they look really nice right now. They're moving really good. Um, I think they're getting the routine down, you know? They know we're going to a checkpoint, and they get to take a nap. And, um, uh, and eat a big meal. And they're eating their snacks and their meals really well, and... Yeah, they're definitely in the rhythm of it. Ugh, it's getting colder again. I think it was pretty warm up in the 
we kind of were in some hills, I think, and now we're going downhill again, and I can tell it's getting cold. It's gonna be cold whatever, like, um, area we end up going, sinking down into. It's always colder down in those swamps and rivers. <laughs> reminds me of that song about facing waterfalls. <laughs> Stick to the swamps and the rivers that you're used to. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, so I brought along um, some music. Not a ton. A lot of new stuff because, you know, with the hopes that it'll kind of keep me up a little bit to listen to new stuff, which, uh, it does actually help me. Um, I brought along the musical Hades Town, which I've been wanting to, l like, actually listen to for a really long time. And, um, yeah, when I was on that run from Nikolai to McGrath, that was, I was listening to that a lot. And now I'm kind of just listening to the whole album on repeat. Um, you know, the first time around, I had, I wasn't 100% sure I was with it, and now I'm, like, fully obsessed, so. Um, it's pretty funny. So the 24-hour layover was at McGrath, and it was basically at a little airfield, and there was a warehouse, is what they called it, but it was kind of just like a, like, it was just somebody's very large garage. You know, I think that, I think that they could put a plane in and work on it and stuff, but it wasn't, wasn't, like, super fancy it was um but it was great i mean it was like a plus for uh you know compared to just being out in the, in the woods um and it was it was funny though funny sight all these mushrooms just laying around and um yeah there was uh there was a, a good amount of things that got, like, left, which I was really glad about because I definitely did not bring enough, like, snacks um, and food. I don't know what I was thinking setting up my 24s. Like, I should have had four meals at each of those, but I only sent one. I don't know why I thought that made sense, but... So I only had one meal to eat, and I ate it, like, right away. Um, so... Oh, just talking about this is making me hungry. But luckily, I got a bunch of snacks from that people basically had left in a free-for-all pile. So I got, like, goldfish and a bunch of Reese's. Someone left a ton of Reese's, and I was like, yep, I'm taking those. And, um, I can't remember what else. I tried to get salty stuff. That's what I was really... I have a lot of sweet stuff, but I just have been really craving salty stuff and my snack bag at this checkpoint had some salty stuff and so i tried to save at least some of it for the trail because i knew that's where i really want it but yeah um <laughs> one thing that happened was the uh, insider i did write insider crew there was really nice and um they did a couple interviews or a couple things with me and that was um I mean, that was kind of fun, but one thing was that I talked about how I had not, I forgot my water bottle, or water bottles, and the camera guy, after he, like, then turned off the camera, he's like, hey, do you want to, I have a water bottle that I just haven't even used at all this whole time, do you want it? And I was like, uh, yeah, he's like, okay, no problem, so he gave me his water bottle, it was so nice, so, um, yeah, I, uh, I, like, put some foam insulation around it because, 
Uh, I mean, it's like a Hydra Flask type of thing, but, um, yeah, it would not last very long without something around it, so. I did see some cool things, like, on, um, uh, Pete Kaiser's sled, he's got, a like, set of insulated, um, like, canisters, kind of, that are on the very back, like, right where he can reach. And I assume that he's got, like, water in there, or maybe he carries snacks in there or something, but I thought that was a really smart idea. Um, I know that, like, some mushers use camelbacks, and that can be smart because, you know, that keeps the water from freezing. Um, but, yeah, there's just, there's definitely some things to think about and cogitate on and um, figure out the best method for all that jazz, so, um, yeah, I got a lot to, to play with. I'm really excited to, like, work on some stuff and change some things and invent some things and, um, and I'm excited to, to, like, be able to, like, come back at this next year and know at least part of what I'm doing, you know, and, like, what, a thousand mile race looks like, or at least like an 800 mile race in this case, and like what it's going to take to keep going, and um, and then also just, uh, you know, how to better plan, and, and then, you know, for me, it's going to be how to plan for myself to like be able to um, execute these checkpoint routines without getting off track. Um, so, that's going to be part of my goal. Uh, I know that it is interesting, because, like, I've been able to do it in the past when I've worked for people. But, um, I feel like in those cases I had that exterior pressure from the people I worked for to do, like, I am, I have to get out of here in four hours, and that's, like, my requirement. So, that keeps this sort of, like, um, urgency, whereas this, I, I mean, I'm really trying to get out of here, and, and I definitely felt pressure about getting out of the 24 on time, just because it's so embarrassing not to, but, um, I just, it's not quite the same thing, it's like the threat of fame from me versus wanting to be accountable to somebody I'm working for when it's, when it's somebody else, um, so... Yeah, anyway, those are just some, some things about, that, that are worthy of consideration. Oh man, I think it's gonna get cold tonight. I, I'm hoping, it seems like, timing-wise, I might end up camping right as the sun is about to come up, so I'm hoping that's gonna be the case, because then, um, it won't be, hopefully, as cold, um, wherever we end up camping, so the plan is to go 20 miles past Ofer, um, in order to, so like, it's starting from McGrath, it's 120 miids if to, uh, Iditarod, so I'm trying to split the run into two, or like, that 120 miles into two runs. If I stayed at Ofer, which I could do, um, it would, I would need to split it into three runs, basically, the run to Ofer, and then I uh, split it again for the run to Nikolai, and, er, not Nikolai, Iditarod, and, um, I think that 
there's a couple downsides to that. One, um, you know, it's a little slower. And these guys seem to be doing really well with, like, the longer runs versus doing shorter runs. So I do kind of want to stick to the longer runs if possible. Um, the other downside about staying in Ofer is that it's just another opportunity for me to be distracted. So I think I'm going to try to camp. I think that's going to help me stay more focused without anybody else around. Um, and then the, the other thing that's good about that is that where I camp, and I guess this is true in either, either case, but, um, you know, once I start coming back, a lot of the run back is going to be replicating what I've already done. At least that's my hope. So definitely the first run back will be, I'm hoping we're just going to turn around and camp right where we already camped. Um, I'm hoping nobody's going to, like, you know, snag our spot, but, um, you know, that way the dogs will have a sense of, like, okay, oh, okay, we're doing the same routine, you know, we're like, okay, now we're going back to McGrath, now we're doing this, so, um, I am going to change things up a little bit, though, from, like, Nikolai, I, instead of camping where we camped, which is kind of, like, closer to Nikolai, I'm going to go a bit further back, and try to camp closer to Roan, and then from Roan push to Rainy Pass, so that would, so, like, pr basically, like, camp spot through Roan, and then to, to Rainy Pass, so it would be, like, a, a 50-mile run to Rainy Pass, but, um, yeah, I'm hoping to kind of, like, have some miles on the dogs before we go through the gorge. I don't want to be all rested in Roan, and then go on the gorge, and have them be all like, wired up, I really want to make sure they're actually, like, tired, so that, um, or at least, like, a little tired, so that they don't go careening through that, um, I know a lot of mushers, or it sounds like some, a lot of mushers have a lot of worries about going back through the gorge, because the bridges are basically set up for one way, you know, they're not really a good design for the way back, um, I wasn't thinking about that very much, but, um, I mean, it is a real consideration, probably, so, um, oof, it is definitely getting cold, um, let's see what the temperature is, negative 22, and we're up in the hills right now, so it's gonna be real cold down below, but, we just keep keep going, um, I, uh, have my beaver mitts, and I'm not wearing them right now, I really dislike wearing mitts, they're really cumbersome, but I have them set up so that I can put them on if I need to, and I was wearing them earlier, um, but they just add this whole, like, extra layer, and it's hard to grip the sled with them, um, so I really prefer to just use my, my gloves, if I can, my working gloves, um, and I've raced, ra whole races without ever using my beaver mitts, but, um, apparently not this one, so, um, yeah, but, yeah, I can tell, I can just feel it's getting colder and colder, as we're dropping down, I think, if, depending on how high this hill is, which it looks like we're pretty high up, um, the inversion effect, I could bet we're gonna be down into the 40 below area once we get down there, so. 
The dogs are all wearing their coats already. They're definitely happier about this temperature than 32 above. Pretty wild temperature changes, and it sounds like it's going to get warm again when we go through Rainy Pass, so that'll be interesting. Hopefully it's not too, like, wet or too overly hot. Um, yeah, my goal for the way back, so we'll go through to Rainy Pass. So we didn't stay at Rainy Pass before, but then we'll go from Rainy Pass to, um, Squetna, because that should basically be like a 60-mile run, too. And then from Squetna to home, so... Uh, kind of more long runs at the end, and I don't know if that's gonna work, or if it's gonna pan out, you know? That might not work for these guys, I don't know, we'll see. But, um, that's the hope right now, and that kind of reduces the number of runs we have to do, um, but it just kind of also makes the, um, the checkpoints that we will use, like, add up better, and then also the run situation, especially going through the gorge. That's probably the biggest thing about why we're making that adjustment with that area, um, is to make that, uh, like, feasible, so. And then once we go through rainy, like, once we are after the checkpoint of rainy pass, then we should have, um, you know, we'll have the flats, and then, since we're going to be doing those, like, earlier on in that longer run, hopefully they will be less tired and more ready to conquer those hills. Which, I'm actually not that worried about those hills. I mean, they're steep, but, um, I, I, I think it'll be okay. We'll see. A lot of mushrooms have been concerned about, like, the snow quality, like, the sugar snow there, and, like, how are the dogs going to get a grip going up the hills, and, I mean, I don't know, maybe we'll just have to disconnect, a t you know, one dog at a time and take them up, but, y you know, I think, I think it's doable. I think there's tougher obstacles in other races, um, I could be wrong, but, um, yeah, I mean, like, who am I to say the pokiest person in dead last right now, um, yeah, I don't know, there's been people dropping out, so I think folks who kind of were potential, um, uh, Red Lantern holders, who would quote-unquote beat me for the Red Lantern, um, are not, um, in the race anymore, because they scratched, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, they probably, I don't know, they seem to have been doing going faster than me, or were generally there faster than me anyway, but, um, yeah, so one guy who I think maybe was the front runner rookie at the time, uh, he got a po positive COVID test, so he had to, or currently is having to, um, like, isolate, and they put him in an Arctic oven tent, and they're just like, well, now you're isolating, and yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Like, theoretically, he's supposed to just stay there for 10 days, but, you know, the race is going to be over by then, so I'm not sure how that's all going to work out. It'll be interesting. Uh, it's a little disconcerting that he got tested positively, but, um, you know, I, I had my negative test when I came in, and, um, so, yeah, hopefully that's good. I don't know if they're maybe going to try to test again later. I mean, I, I really think they should. Um, but I'm kind of out of the loop. Like, I didn't even find that out until, I think, this morning, and apparently it had been announced 
like the night before last or something, and I just, being so far back, I'm not, I'm definitely not up to date with the info of what, whatever is happening, so, um, yeah, I'm really out of the loop, but, that's eh, fine. Um, oofta, it is, I can feel that chill, although I do think we're finally leveling off into some kind of a swamp area. Oof, my, uh, my elbows are getting cold, which is weird. Uh, the parka that I'm wearing is, uh, is a size larger than I normally wear, and I do think that lets some air in, unfortunately. Uh, like, breeze in. Um, so, I have to, I have to throw on my last extra layer. I have a big I have a puffy coat that I can put on between, like, the parka and my other layers, but that's also kind of buried. It's in a, st a stuff sack, um, and, uh, yeah, I'm hesitant to take the time, because it will take some time, for sure, to pull it out. Hmm, there's a sign up ahead. It's kind of, this is kind of like a road, for sure, like, um, it's just, it's just a trail, but it is definitely like the... Oh, maybe it is a road. What? Oh no, it's a bridge. Okay, this is really weird. The weight limit is six tons. In... Dependence... Something. There's a sign that was so shut up I couldn't... Couldn't see what it says, really. Independence something. pastime that people like to do in Alaska, and I'm sure other places too, but shooting at signs. I'm putting the old beaver mitts on, caving. Kind of want to look at the temperature, but I'm too cold to pull out the thing, so. Oh, these beaver mitts frustrate me. I wear beaver mitts inside of, or no, I wear my gloves, my liners, inside the beaver mitts, but these don't really fit my gloves very well, and like another layer of silliness. I don't know if you can hear Zenny barking at her poor running partner, Marnie, She's putting up with it. Um, yeah, I'm really impressed with Zenny. She's definitely, um, doing a great job this year, and the guy I got her from, and the guy I got her and Emmy from, you know, was spot on about how good she is, even though she's pretty young and, like, inexperienced when I got her, or, or not, like, um, not as mature as the other dogs who had already done, at you know, at least a race by that, by the time she started with us, um, but, yeah, she's got a lot of talent as a sled dog, and she's very, like, um, maybe unflappable, or, yeah, she doesn't seem to be incurring any kind of major sorenesses, and, yeah, she just looks fantastic, and she's just, like, ready to go. She seems to be in her element, very much. Um, 
like about 12 hours into the 24 hour layover she's trying to play with Marnie on the line and like just energy 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 um so another dog I've been really impressed with uh like really impressed with is Ophelia which is kind of awesome because you know she was my yeah I'm talking about you she's my first um you know puppy that I ever had and I uh yeah basically just raised her and I almost didn't bring her because she's had some soreness in her um back legs but we did a lot of work on that and actually had her get laser therapy but you know even with that work and stuff she had, she missed almost like two months of training basically like with occasional like bounce back ends she looks amazing she's again another dog who almost has no soreness right now and is just like ready to go and so that's pretty awesome because i mean she has it i i think she has at least four or five hundred miles less on her than the other dogs do um and she just is like smooth like butter like no problem so it makes me feel happy that I decided to go with puppies um from her uh we've been talking about doing puppies from another <laughs> dog but um <laughs> the uh, this after the 24 I was like I should just breed Ophelia again she's really good come on come on Aurora good girl good girl Before the race started, I, like, got a sliver or something under my thumbnail, and it's been bugging me so bad, it's so painful, and then I, I soaked it in some hot water at the checkpoint, and, um, that seemed to help a lot, but then, right at the very end, I just went ahead and super glued it, like, I super glued the nail, so, like, the underside of the nail, because I think that, Maybe it wasn't even a sliver, maybe it just kind of like, I accidentally cut, cut it too short, and it was, it, like, was separated from the, the nail, but, um, yeah, whatever the reason, it's really, really, um, painful, so, I, I couldn't, and my other thumb is, like, my already messed up thumb that got screwed up when the porcupine thing happened, and I fell, um, so, like, I didn't have any thumbs that I could use for normal human things. So, yeah. Uh-oh, I'm starting to hit that wall where I, like, start drifting off and falling asleep. Maybe it's like a reaction to the cold, because it is cold. Whew! I may have to break out that extra layer. Ugh, it's a real, like... Sometimes mushing is a little bit like being an astronaut because you are in this sort of unforgiving exterior world and if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything sorry, if you're gonna do anything you have to like plan for it in advance because I can't just like oh la 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 take off my parka and like look for the other jacket 
and then put that on. Like, I have to have everything in order, ready to go, to put that jacket on the second I take my parka off, so I don't freeze my butt. Um, because, yeah, this is not weather to be in light clothes in. Um, the coldest I've ever mussed in is 60 below, and, um, yeah, it's cold. It's, uh, it's weird, a little weird to be at the very back, because I'm like, I mean, if something happens, God forbid, and I, like, fall off or something, like, I don't, nobody's gonna come find me, I'm just back here, walking by myself then, to the checkpoint. And I have emergency stuff on my body, um, because that is important to do, um, so I could, like, start a fire and stuff, but, I mean, like, when it's this cold, uh, I don't even know if that's a, I don't even know if stopping to do that is a good idea. Like, I think it would maybe just ultimately be smarter to just keep going. I don't know. Maybe the smartest thing to do would be to just not let go of the sled. Period. Hmm. I feel like I heard an airplane take off, but maybe I'm, my brain is making that up. Maybe it's aliens. I feel like my dogs are, I mean, they're doing awesome, but they're not fast, so I can't, like, gain on anybody in that regard, but theoretically I can kind of hopscotch people if I don't take as many breaks on the way back. And I don't feel like I took more than necessary breaks. Longer, yes, but more, no. I feel like that ended up, I mean, it's different than my precise schedule, but I think it ended up pretty smart. Um, my plan is going to be to do four-hour camp, six hours at Nikolai. No, I did a rod. I can't. Yeah. Anyway, I've got tired brain. Four hours camp, six hours that I did a rod, and then four hours camp again, and then probably six hours in McGrath, and kind of like do some shorter things, but just trying to maybe alternate that. So then McGrath, I'd be going to Nikolai again, so and I think four hours in Nikolai would probably be decent, and then a four-hour camp so that the dogs are tired, and then a six-hour camp in Rainy Pass, and then uh, and then it's required to do eight hours in Skretna, and then I'm home. So, gosh, it's like only a few more runs. Uh, this run that I'm on, one, to the camp, two, to Iditarod, three, back to the camp, four, to McGrath, five, to Nikolai, six, to the camp between Nikolai and Roan, seven, to Rainy Pass, eight, to Squetna, nine, home. Oh, only nine more runs left. That's nothing. Good job, Ray Ray! Good job! Oh, good girl. Oh, shake it off, shake it off! 
Yeah, we can do that. Easy peasy. I can't remember how many runs we've done so far. I guess it must be... I mean, theoretically it's six, but... Who knows if my math is right. Maybe it's only five. Hmm. Ah, I don't know. It feels like a lot more. And, like, I, was, I looked on my phone at some photos that I'd been taking along the way, and... Um, at my phone that is not a two-way communication device because it's disabled for everything, and it doesn't have a SIM card in it. Anyway, but I was looking at the pictures I'd been taking, and, um, the, you know, found pictures of the, the start and the night before the start, and it's, like, so, such a distant <laughs> idea that it's so weird. It feels like, like a long time ago, not just a few days ago. But... Oof. I'm glad I put my toe warmers on. Amazingly, my feet feel really good. I have toe warmers on, but I also have these thin interior socks. Um, that are really helpful. Uh, so I guess they're doing a good trick. Ofer is in 10 miles. Nice, that means our camp's in 30 miles. Like, we're hoping to camp, so we're halfway through this run. It's gonna be tough. I think it's gonna be tough to go through. I don't know. We'll see. Well, another musher was saying that he thinks it's a lot easier to pass through a checkpoint when it's nighttime. But um, we'll see. It'll be good, and hopefully not too cold. I am so hungry, but it's so cold that. I do not want to take any of my, like, any layers off. Like, even my gloves, mitts, and parka, my face covering, so that I could eat something. So, I'm just gonna stand here being hungry. <laughs> That's my thing. It's just, I'm so, c I'm, I'm pretty cold right now, and cold and hungry. It's just standing here. <laughs> kind of rocking a little bit. I might have to run a little bit to warm up, but you also don't want to get really sweaty. I definitely need to either create or commission a different um, parka, because I mean, this park is fine. It's sufficing. I look really silly in it because it's so big on me. But, um, yeah, I'm just not, like, wild about it. Or about these particular parkas. Still def- I'm still figuring out my gear, but... Yeah, I d I've been thinking about potentially building my own. I- Oh, somebody snacked here and left snacks, so the dog's trying to eat them. I got my grandma's sewing machine out and finally started using it right before the race. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've 
got a learning curve on that machine. I don't understand how it works 100%. It's pretty complicated, but, um, but I did get it working, and, um, but then, uh, the belt, a belt, like, on the motor just disintegrated. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was wild. Ugh. In order to look at the temperature, which I'm really curious about, I have to take my whole ass hand out of my mitt and glove and reach into my pocket to get the thing. But I'm going to do it send boldly here. One, two, three. Oh, shit. Cool, fucker. Alright. Are we at 30 below? Just 26. Apparently I'm limping out. But I will say, it's, it's really moist here, so... Well, I'm glad it's not 40 below, because that would feel even worse. Yeah, I've been talking to other mushrooms about what kind of parkas they like, and, you know, I haven't really gotten a... I haven't really gotten sold on anything from anybody. Nobody's, like, screaming from the rooftops about their parka, so... I'm not sure. Uh, I might try to commission one from the people who built my sled bag. Um, I've seen some of their parkas, and they look pretty cool, but, um, I might, all, like I was saying, I might try to build, build my own, if I can get my grandma's machine working. This must be a road. Here's another little bridge that says a weight limit, which is 11 tons. So, I think with our little dog team, we're not in danger. It looked like a road when we were on this earlier, uh, so there must be a road that goes between the, these villages. Interesting. I wonder, like, the, who uses them, and for what purposes, and how many villages are connected. There was a sign about how far Ofer was, and then something else that said that Junction was a little bit past that, so... Hmm. I wonder if I'll be on the road the whole time, or if that's, like, not... not the case. Hmm. Interesting. <sighs> this is not an ideal run to fall asleep on, because... It's not really that technical, but it, it's got some turns and ups and downs and stuff, so that's not ideal to sleep on, but most of all, it's so cold. Like, just not good timing to do that. But I think that might be part one. I mean, I'm tired because I'm pretty sleep deprived, but... But I mean, I got like six hours of sleep at that 24. That was glorious. A lot of dreaming that I don't, I don't remember what about, but I just remember I was pretty actively dreaming. Probably running in my sleeping bag like a little sled dog. The area we're mushing in now is a lot more like the Fairbanks area, so it's not quite as exciting. Um, one musher who's from the Fairbanks area, I think she's feeling homesick. She was like, doesn't it, doesn't it make you feel like you're at home to be in this stuff? Was talking, like, really fondly about it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, 
Whereas I'm I'm definitely interested in more of the new to me trails. Oh man, I am starting to fall asleep. Um if I start saying nonsense, you know why. Or maybe I'll start snoring. The other reason I don't want to pull out that other jacket is that it's my, potentially my last weapon, and I don't want to, like, use it against, I don't know, uh, not as formidable foe. Does that make sense? I don't know, because I'm falling asleep. So, like, in between every few words, I start having dreams. And I'm starting to think that Things look like, um, like machinery and stuff. That's, my brain does that. Wants the, um, wants, like, the trees and stuff to look like machines. I wonder if it would help if I put a belt on over the parka. I think all the air just comes up underneath the parka, whatever you call it, flippity flaps. Ugh. I don't, did I just say flippity flaps? I don't know what now I'm going into the sleep zone. Sorry in advance. Oof. I should stop this recording, but that is another task that requires bare hands and um taking off layers or opening zippers for layers anyway, and I'm like not gonna do that. So you're stuck with me while I drift off. Oof. You can tell in this recording that I'm getting cold, and the coldness just gets more as the darkness grows, and I near Ofer. As I try to make my decision about what I'm going to do, I also start getting sleepy. The next recording has some of my most laugh-out-loud moments, so enjoy some sleepy material coming up in the next episode. We'll see you there. Onward. Onward.